Hello, this is Kat Boren recording a podcast for the School of Surgery. Um, I've got the pleasure of having with me today Mr Sharif Awad, who is a consultant upper GI and bariatric surgeon at the East Midlands Bariatric and Metabolic Institute in the Royal Derby Hospital. This podcast is mostly going to discuss the management of post-operative bariatric um, patients and some complications that they um, incur. The learning objectives from this are mapped onto the 2016 ISCP curriculum. It is intended for trainees that are sitting the FRCS, um, probably in general surgery, rather than those with a specialist interest in upper GI surgery or bariatrics. Now, luckily in Derby, um, we've got really good bariatric cover, so um, so our problems are dealt with very easily, but I'm aware that in other centres there perhaps isn't quite such good cover. Um, Mr Awad's going to um, go through some of these complications with us, so welcome Mr Awad. Thank you very much. So I guess most commonly we see patients who have had banding um, that might be emitted on the surgical take. So I was wondering kind of Pain and vomiting seem to be the most common problems. Okay. I was wondering what differentials we might have to think about in the post-operative patient. So, so j- just as a background to the gastric band, the gastric band used to be, maybe 10 years ago, the commonest performed bariatric procedure in the UK. Now it comprises less than 5 to 10% uh, of patients within the NHS. So there's few patients that are having it now, and the patients you will more commonly see on take will have had their gastric bands placed privately um, in the private sector and they may be presenting either acutely within uh, a few weeks of surgery or more commonly after the aftercare package that they have bought uh, has run out at one to two years or whatever the patients took. So often these patients uh, will present to SAU and if they turn up to uh, DGHs who that or teaching hospitals that don't have a bariatric surgery department, um, the surgical team can often be faced with a, uh, a a troubled patient who has a checkered history. They might have had um, a, a not very um, friendly relationship with a private provider. And often there's a lot of emotional baggage and a lot of background to the symptoms that the patients are presenting. So it's quite important to identify those symptoms, which are acute symptoms versus chronic exacerbations of existing symptoms. The commonest um, thing that brings patients to A&E and SAU with the gastric band is a history of dysphagia. So inability to tolerate solids or liquids. And it's quite important to make a distinction between them because if a patient can't tolerate solids, then often what they might need, uh, for example, is a band defill. If they can't tolerate solids and liquids, then you know you might have a more serious problem uh, with the gastric band. Uh, So in terms of assessment, it's the standard uh, assessment of any surgical patient taking a good history, a good examination, um, have asked the patient to show you where the gastric band port is located. Mm -hmm. So various surgeons place this at various points in the abdomen. It might be uh, around the umbilicus, it might be in the epigastric region, right or left upper quadrant, and even some some, uh, surgeons place it in the cleavage area uh, for some women, especially the obese women who have a good lay of fat on the anterior abdominal wall and the patient will often know where where it is yeah because i think i guess not all surgical trainees um have had a lot of bariatric experience so perhaps we're not as familiar with these procedures okay but the patient should know where their port yeah the the patient will always know because they'll they'll have had a history of having repeated band fills Mm -hmm. and often you can pretty much guess where the port is from looking where the biggest scar is that the patient has because often you have to make the incision uh, a little bit bigger in order to get down to the fascia and secure the gastric band port onto the fascia Um, just uh, you've prompted me really uh, in terms of a gastric band the idea behind the band technically is to place a silicon ring with a balloon inside it around Mm -hmm. the upper stomach 
that uh, so we make a tunnel around the back of the GOJ, secure the band in place, and then the band itself uh, is secured in, in place using gastrogastric sutures, and that in itself creates a little pouch above the band into which the food sits, and that pouch over time slowly drains into the rest of the stomach. So the idea behind the band is to help patients reduce their portion size and give them increasing satiety for longer between meals, therefore reducing the amount of food they can eat and also their ability to snack. Okay. okay. Over time, um, especially if uh, patients have the band running tight, because mm-hmm. obviously the band needs repeated fluid fills, uh, and so tight bands over time can develop a number of chronic complications, okay. which I'll come to a bit later on. Okay. So the patients that come in with vomiting, and they seem to be a little while down their post-operative course, the ones I've seen, um, if they come in with vomiting... Are there any investigations that we should get before we try and play with the... (coughs) So you've done the history, you've done the examination. Baseline blood tests are really important, obviously looking at the use and ease and evidence of dehydration. Mm. Um, A plain abdominal film specifying that you're looking to assess the position of the gastric band. So that's absolutely key. That's one of the vital and it's one of the simplest investigations you can have because not all hospitals will be able to offer a hot barium, if you like, a barium swallow okay. to look at the position and the fill of the band. And, and I've so heard on. about, is it a phi angle? Yeah, so the angle, if you imagine a clock face, the correct position for an angle on an abdominal x-ray compared to the vertebral column, it's like a clock face and the clock hand should should be at the 10 past 7 position. Okay, so okay. so the clock and minute hand should be at the 10 past 7. Yep. If the band is lying like that, then that band is in a normal position. And you can be happy that the band hasn't slipped, which is the most important um, diagnosis that you can't miss and you have to make in patients with acute uh, band-related symptoms. Uh, If you see an O-shaped band and it literally looks like an O on the abdo x-ray, then that's that's a band slip. And depending on the patient's symptoms, it could be either an acute band slip or a chronic band slip. Mm -hmm. Um, So your patient will be presenting with um, the dysphagia and vomiting and sometimes abdominal pain. You've sent off your bloods, you've done your abdominal x-ray, you've examined their port, you have to make your diagnosis. Um, And the commonest thing that people will have is an overtight band. So it's a simple procedure to get them out of trouble. Um, uh, under aseptic technique, you need to uh, um, perform a band defill okay. using a special needle called a Huber needle. So the Huber needle, uh, hopefully this is available in your uh, local A&E and SAU department, and it's a blunt tip needle which is designed, which we use for band fills and defills, and it's designed not to damage the silicon seal of the gastric band port. Mm-hmm. And basically under aseptic technique, um, inf- um, steady the port between two fingers, a bit like you're doing a femoral arterial stab mm-hmm. or a femoral venous stab, exactly like that, steady the port, and then going perpendicular to the skin, inject, uh, um, sort of um, insert the Huber needle into the port, you feel a bit of resistance, and then there's a sudden give, and then you feel the mit- the uh, needle hitting against the metal on the back of the port, mm-hmm. so you know that you're in, and then aspirate the port. And often, just aspirate to dryness, just okay. take all of the fluid out. In most patients, this will get them out of trouble, so you do a trial of oral intake after that, so if they've had dysphagia to solids and liquids, you start them on liquids, and the vast majority of patients will be absolutely fine. You'll have got them out of trouble, deflated the port, and asked them to see their bariatric provider, emergency over. In those patients who continue to have dysphagia to solids or liquids, 
with an O-shaped band, they're likely to have an acute band slip, and that in itself is a bariatric emergency. So these patients will often need to go to theatre to have the gastric band removed laparoscopically. And what's the worry if that's a myth? <coughs> what's the important? Well, the, the worry with it is that um, you could cause gastric ischemia. The pressure from the band, the slipped band on the stomach causes a lot of edema. Uh, the stomach swells uh, above and below the band, and in essence you can get uh, gastric necrosis and potentially perforation. And that could be obviously life-threatening. Sure. So if somebody comes in with vomiting and dysphagia, um, we will assess them clinically, we'll take their bloods, we'll do a, a plain abdominal x-ray yeah. looking at the angle between the vertebral column and the angle of the band, which should be at the 10 to 7 position. 10 past 7, yeah. 10 past 7, sorry. Yeah. If it is at that position and they're vomiting, then we can try deflate. and deflate. Full deflate. If it's not in that position, so it's an O confirmation, then yeah. we should be thinking about taking these patients to the theatre, obviously with the appropriate... So yeah, yeah, yeah. So your so your pathway is exactly as you've said it. So from the X-ray, you need to make the diagnosis: is there a band slip or isn't a band slip? So if if the band is in the correct position, you've done a full defill, mm -hmm. okay, and the patient still has dysphagia to liquids, for example, then you need to just <clears throat> you need to just send an urgent referral to the bariatric unit because th that could be a, a tight band capsule under the band it can be dealt with sort of semi-electively mm -hmm. and you don't need to do anything further for that patient if the patient has an acute band slip o sign mm -hmm. on the abdo x-ray then that is an emergency mm -hmm. so you do an emergency deflate to get the patient out of trouble if they're able to tolerate liquids and again you need to send them to the bariatric unit urgently mm -hmm. but you've got them out of trouble mm -hmm. um, if they're still not able to tolerate liquids ideally you send them to the bariatric unit but if they're really unwell with pain uh, raised lactate white cell white cell can this is rare yeah. if they're too unwell to transfer that you, you might have to take them to theater and remove the band, remove the band. There okay. and, then. and i don't think we'll go into the actual operative management yeah, that's no. probably a bit beyond all in the vast majority of cases you're going to be referring them on yeah. this is just the acute management sure. in sau lovely um and you mentioned the huber needle is there anything else we could use if we couldn't get our hands <laughs> on a huber needle and we felt we needed to do a band defil um so the huber needle will keep you safe and okay. stop you getting sued okay. okay if you but if if the patient is an extremist there's mm. no huber needle there's no nearby bariatric unit uh -huh. then you can use a standard uh, needle white needle of some sort okay. but you have to warn the patient that it's very likely to damage the gastric band port okay. and that you are doing this as a last resort to yep. get them out of trouble uh, this is rare again mm -hmm. that you'll have to do this uh, because normal needles they'll damage the seal of the silicon port so they won't be able to reinflate they band. won't be able to reinflate it they'll get a leak they'll need it replacing I see. Okay. and obviously if a patient is paid for that privately uh, this could cause issues with them okay all right, then. so we've covered dysphagia and vomiting, and we've talked about the slippage of bands. Okay. Are there any other kind of common complications that occur with bariatric, with gastric bands? Sure. So so that's the commonest presentation to SAU. The other thing, I had a patient, for example, last year turn up to SAU with their band port site uh, open, and the tubing in the port actually out Oh. actually uh, out of the wound itself so how long post -op so that? this was no this was years and this was a patient who had a port site infection okay okay that wasn't picked up and acted on uh, accordingly okay. so uh, if a patient with a gastric band comes in with erythema around their gastric band port again that's potentially an emergency okay. you need to put them on iv antibiotics and mm -hmm. often that's a sign that they might have a gastric band erosion uh, so that's where the band ulcerates into the stomach okay 
And in essence, the whole system is infected and that patient has lost their gastric band, basically. So it's about recognition and referring that patient onto the bariatric unit as opposed to just giving them a course of antibiotics and sending them home. Because okay. they will need further management and follow-up. So it's appreciating that the infection is not just from the skin. Absolutely. It's not a port infection per Absolutely. se, but it's actually an internal infection yeah. that's working its way out. So, so that's in chronic patients. In acute patients, if they present a few days after surgery to an A&E or to a GP or to an SAU, SAU unit, with a port site infection mm. again that's an emergency uh, it should be treated very aggressively because there's a risk of losing the whole gastric band so you should always communicate that with the surgeon who did the surgery okay and keep them in for IV antibiotics yeah and both in the port port infections and the band infections or erosions and in the band slips is there any role for CT imaging would you recommend us would you like us to get CTs before we so, CT so so um, so the diagnosis it depends on the clinical status of the patient um, certainly in port site infections, uh, I wouldn't do. Mm. But if you've got a patient uh, who presents with acute abdominal pain, absolute dysphagia, they have a gastric band, they look unwell, I would definitely advocate a CT because okay. there may be uh, an area of perforation uh, around the band. Okay. It may have necrosed the stomach already if it's if the patient's been at home for three days. Mm. So having a baseline CT or if it just doesn't fit the clinical picture, I'd have a low threshold for getting just that. Getting yeah. Okay, thank you. And Normally that would be a CT with IV and oral contrast, okay. ideally, so that the radiologist can make out uh, where the band is. And in contrast to other CTs with oral contrast, you want to give the contrast about 15 to 20 minutes before the CT is actually performed. So often give it to the patient in the radiology department because you want the contrast in the stomach okay. as opposed to having worked its way down into, into the, bowel. the bowel. I see. Okay. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another podcast brought to you by School of Surgery. Remember you can follow us on Facebook at School of Surgery, on iTunes, on Podomatic at schoolofsurgery.podomatic.com and finally by searching School of Surgery on YouTube. Thank you very much and see you next time.